morning, everyone. Wow. A lot of people here on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Other people told me, yeah, they got to prepare for that and everything. But you, you know what happened at that other game when that guy went down? Then the game, you know, enjoy it. But the game meant nothing when that guy just heartbeat stopped and everything. And both teams came and knelt down and prayed. And uh, the first time they showed that, and an announcer on, C, uh, on the you know, sports channel just prayed, said, I'm going to stop and pray. And you, isn't that something? That what is important, what really is important, just came to them. Sometimes things like that have to happen for people. We got to know that we need God. And it's when we're helpless that people all of a sudden pray and want to know God. And so, yeah, we're going to share today a little bit on, on um, how do you know God's plan for your life? He has a plan for your life, but how do you know it and, and how do you follow it? And, um, oh, before we want to start, I just want to say that um, um, Sam Kaho'okaulana, that has been here before I even got here, he is being called to serve. His cousin is starting a church in Pahoa, and he's being called to serve there. And, uh, you know, pray for him, thank him, bless him on his way. Um, I know we're going to miss him dearly, but, um, you know, when God calls, you go. And that's where I want him to be, where God calls him to be, even though, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, miss him. Hope we see him some, uh, sometimes. But I want to share, you know, I was going to share about, again, isn't it neat when God gives all these people around the world the same thing? You know that he's speaking because the Lord was, was just putting on my heart this. And then um, Margaret and Becky go to Israel with um, the, the Chans who um, go to Israel all the time. And they go to uh, this school, it's a Mount Carmel School of Ministry in Israel. And you know when you follow God's plan, all kind of wondrous things happen? Well, they had an awesome trip, you can talk with them about that. And, and then um, Margaret is doing, you know, discipleship with, with people that God put on her heart, but now she got two <laughs> groups that, that are going through, they're going through a course that that school has, you know is putting on and so you know i i read about him and um watched the first videos because it's my job to know what the sheep are getting fed and i just loved what he said and it was just the same thing that the lord was was um putting on my heart but you know what a wondrous journey this guy had as he decided to follow god because he's a japanese from japan and then he marries a Jewess, and now he's a citizen of Israel running a Messianic Jewish school in Israel that now has an international ministry. He's written four books. First time I heard of him, you know, when, when uh, they went. But that's just a wondrous journey that you never imagine once you start following what he tells you to do. And it's, you know, it's such a blessing. His name is Peter Sukahira. And it, oh, by the way, if you want to go to Israel in the fall, um, the Chuns are taking another group to that school and um, talk with uh, Margaret and Becky if you want to be a part of that. 
Um, I'll be going again, and Yolanda will be going again in the fall, and maybe I'll be teaching again in South Africa. Since you're way over there, you might as well try and do it all. Um, but it'll be with a uh, different group. But anyway, if you're interested uh, to do that. So, you know, we talked about, that's why we have this on the wall, that God has plans for your life. He has, I mean, good plans, the best plans. And, but it's, you know, this is from Jeremiah. It's not only about Jeremiah, although Jeremiah 1.5, you can put that up, clearly says, before I formed you in the womb, and we talk about that 40 days for life, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That's for Jeremiah. A lot of people think, oh, only these great guys get all of this. They, you know, we glorify them so much, but they were normal, sinful people just like us that decided to follow God. And that's why I always say anything is possible. We just sang that song with God. And, you know, no matter who you think you are, if you think, I'm just a nothing. No, God can't do wondrous things with my life. But nothing plus almighty is still almighty. You can do anything with him. So Psalm 139, 13 to 16, it talks for all of us. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Before you were even born, all the days for me were written in your book before any of that. And Ephesians 2.10, this is New Testament too. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And 2 Timothy 1.9, there's many scriptures, but who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Before time even began, not just before you were born. Think about that. Before time began, he had a purpose for your life that was given to you before time began. Um, you see, he, he has that purpose. And, and, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of even there's denominations about whether you're predetermined, predestined, right? From before you were born, before time began, or you, do you have free choice? And it was something that, yeah, that bothered me a lot too. Like, what is this? In fact, I had a long, like the Bible says, sharp argument with somebody about it, whether you're free choice or, you know, whether. And, and uh, basically, I'll, I'll tell you what the Lord showed me. Okay, but uh, first I want to, you know, when we talk about choice versus predetermined, you know, you have that word predestined or predetermined. In the, in the Bible, when, they, when it says predestined, it's prohorizo. 
It's made of two Greek words, pra, meaning before, and horizo, meaning ordain, appoint, mark out, determine the boundaries of. And, you know, is there a difference between, some people say, between predestined and predetermined? You know, like, you can, it's predestined but not predetermined. But actually, they're synonyms. So, like, predestined, if, if you, you know, like, uh, if you look up in the dictionary, destina destination, the purpose for which something is, that's the, this is the definition now from Webster's, the purpose of which something is predetermined or destined. Okay? Setting aside appointed for a purpose. It's pre, another definition, predetermining. A place to which one is journeying like a popular tourist destination. Okay? Predetermined is to determine beforehand or impose a tendency be beforehand. Okay? So, when you're going someplace, you know, like in March, we're going to, taking a group to uh, New Zealand, I have a plan of destinations. And now we're filling out the details of what we're going to do when we go to this or that. And, you know, it's, we're doing that. It's our destination. And I'm pre-planning, pre-destination for that, going there, predetermining we're going to go here, 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 or here. And yet, is, is it as solid as we think when we think of that word sometimes? Because the definition doesn't say it as solid as we think predetermined or predestined like we read. And then we have arguments here, that or free choice. So, because we have to choose his plan that he predetermined, predestined for us because he gives us that choice. Because he is all-powerful, I always say, but he is love, and love doesn't, he's, doesn't force its way on anybody. He's not a bully. He, otherwise, we're his slaves. We're his robots. Instead, he wants children, so love, freely given, freely received, freely returned. We have a choice in that all. Okay, so let, let me put it this way. So I, I made this very uh, complicated model so you understand the physics and the, all of those things. So uh, yeah, so this is uh, the model. You think I have it in the box? No. <laughs> okay, so we're three-dimensional beings, right? Two dimensions would just be if this was all it is, a flat thing, length times width, two dimensions, no depth. But we're three-dimensional beings, we have depth. Okay? This is the world we live in within the fourth dimension of time-space. So it's length, width, depth, and time-space is before and after. Okay? And it's so difficult for us to even understand time. And how does that work? But even our little three-dimensional scientists now, they, 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 you know, in our little minds, they're saying there needs to be ten dimensions for us to work from the quantum level to the big gravity and all that. It doesn't, quantum level doesn't work that way at all. In fact, you have molecules, well, not molecules, particles within you that are outside of time and space. Because they, what they call spooky action, you know. They separate them, and this one agitates, this one immediately agitates, no matter where they, they theorize in the universe, in time or space. 
immediately agitates. So it's outside of time and space, things right within us. Because it took no time and it took no space. Like if I'm going from here to there, it takes time and space for me to get there. No, immediate. Yeah. So you know who the first time traveler was mentioned in the Bible? Huh? Um, Philip. Because he was here and then he was there. No time or space. He just was here and he appeared over there. Now God can do that. But they're saying, oh, 10 dimensions, we need 20, 60. As some people say 30-something dimensions and some people say there must be innumerable dimensions, uncountable dimensions for everything to work the way it works. So what do we know in our little three-dimensional minds? You know, we're trying to understand these things that it's either this or that. When what the Lord, as I keep, kept on praying about, talking about it, with Him about it, it's, it's both. Predestined, predetermined, and we have free choice. Okay, so if you look at we're, you know, how many other dimensions besides this little box we live in. And the Bible says Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. Okay, so before time began too. He was already slain. He's the beginning and the end. And yet, it was in a certain space, certain time in the box that he actually was slain. But it was already done. Can we understand that it's outside of this box? It makes it very difficult. It was already done from way before time began. He was already slain. But it was in a certain time in this box that it actually happened. And so he knows the end. He has a plan for us. And he knows whether we're going to actually do it and fulfill it. Because he's outside of the box, whether you actually did it or not. He has good plans for us, but you had a choice within here, where you're going to do it or not. So yeah, we predetermine in that way, and yet in this box, you choose all the time. Whether you're going to do his will or not, every day. And so it's really, you know, sometimes it gets so confusing because we are tiny little minds. You know? And so, but it's really... Both, okay? And so God has a plan for your life, but we have to choose to do it. We can choose to do it or not. And his plans are so much better than ours, and they're always good, always good. You know, I've been on this walk for 40 years, and every time I chose to do his plan, even though maybe he was telling me for a long time and I avoided it, but when I finally did it, it might have been really hard, but it ended up so wonderful, so amazing. So, you know, like this guy who's in Japan and ends up running a ministry and being an Israeli citizen <laughs> and running a messianic ministry there that's international. It's wondrous what I do as we do it, but step by step. Step by step. Yeah? So I'm gonna, um, we're going to play just parts of the, his video. It was like an hour or something. You can ask um, Margaret. You can get the, all the videos if you want to watch them. But just parts of it.
to see that the Lord is saying the same thing. Okay, so can we play that? He's the one who, before we were born, he already decided. I want this for this person. Can you turn up the sound a little. This is why I'm making this person this way because this is what this person's life is all about. And this isn't some random plan. This is this is divine plan. Right? God doesn't do things that aren't perfect. Right? This is this is what He wants. This is good. I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not for disaster. So God, God says, so we begin to realize, this is the God I know. He planned my life before I was born in detail. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, if that's true, I want to know that plan. Right? I mean, wouldn't you? Don't, don't, you know, you, you get to this point where you go, okay, you know, you know, I, I know this, I know God loves me. I know, I know he's, he's taking care of me. I'm learning to trust him more. And, and now I realize he's got a detailed plan for my life that he made before I was born. Well, I would certainly like to know that plan. So you know what I'm going to do? The next time I talk to him, I'm going to ask him about that plan. All right? I, I know how to pray. I'm going to go before him, and I'm going to say, Hey, God, it's me again. All right? uh, uh, about that plan <laughs> that you have for my life, that you made for me before I was born. Um, you know what, God? I think I'd like to know that plan. Will you tell me what was on your mind? when you made me? All right. Now, I've been a pastor for many, many years. And uh, I've had the opportunity and the responsibility to, to counsel and to teach a lot of different people. And um, a lot of people get to this stage in their walk, and particularly younger people, okay? And they get to this stage in their walk, and then they come back to me, and they say something like this. They'll say, well, pastor, I did, I did what you said. I believe, I looked in the scripture, I believe God has a plan for me that he made before I was born. And, and I, I, am, I have a prayer life. I, I talk to him. And sometimes he really, I know when he's talking to me. But every time I ask him to tell me the plan, he doesn't say anything to me. All right? Now, when people tell me that, all right? Usually, usually I know what the issue is. Would you like to know what the, what the issue usually is? The issue at that point usually is that you're not willing or ready, or for any other reason, you're not, you're not ready to do what he wants you to do in life. You see, God knows everything, right? He already knows what's in your heart and mind before you, you, you kneel down and pray to him. And if he knows that you're not going to do what he wants you to do in life, isn't it more merciful for him not to speak to you? Because if he tells you what he wants you to do, knowing that you're not going to do it, 
Doesn't that just increase your guilt? So I, I think that actually God hears our prayers. Oh, Lord, tell me the plan for my life. Okay. But if he knows you're not going to actually commit yourself to actually get it done, I think out of kindness, out of love, he just remains silent. And I think that's one of the reasons why he also chooses to remain invisible most of the time. Because that way he can be silent and we think he's not there. <laughs> All right. So how do you, I'm just trying to be kind of spiritual and practical at the same time. Okay. So how do you get God to tell you the plan? You know, you can get him to tell you the plan. All right. You know how you can get him to tell you the plan? All right. First of all, in the Bible, there are dozens and dozens of commands about sacrifices and offerings. You know, as soon as you re start reading the Bible, it's all about, you know, you bring a sacrifice to God, okay? Wave offering, you know, animal sacrifices from the crops, okay? You know, you, you always uh, uh, bring sacrifices and there's dozens of commands. Um, I can sum up all of those uh, commands about sacrifice and offering in one sentence. Here's, here's, here's the sentence, <laughs> all right? Never, never go to God's house with nothing in your hand. All right, now this, I think this absolutely proves that God is Asian, first of all, okay? Because most Asian people just instinctually realize you don't go to anybody's house without a gift in your hand, right? So why would you go to God's house with nothing, especially if you want to receive something incredibly valuable from him, right? You want to know the plan for your life? You don't go with nothing. You bring him a gift. That's what the whole sacrifice and offering system was about. You never go to God with nothing. You want something, you bring something. You bring a precious gift. All right, I know some of you might be thinking, oh, what can I bring to God? Isn't he the guy that has everything? Well, I mean, what, what do I have that's meaningful? Okay, I'll tell you what he doesn't have until you give it to him. He doesn't have your solemn promise that whatever he tells you to do, you'll get it done. You are really ready to do what God wants you to do in life. And you, I think you understand, this can be a precious gift. All right, it's a, it's a precious gift and it takes trust. It takes faith. It takes at least a mustard seed of faith because you have to trust him enough. I'll, have, I'll be honest with you. When I was a younger believer years and years ago, I was afraid to pray that prayer to God. I, I, I knew in myself, I knew, I can't honestly tell God I'll do anything he says because he could wreck my life. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought as a, as, a, as a young believer. It took me years to, to grow to the place of, first of all, maturity in myself, but also trust in him that I really trusted him, that, that he wouldn't, he, that his plan was always better than mine. All right. Always, 100% of the time, his plan is going to be better than my plan. All right. So now it's with joy I tell him, oh, God, whatever you want. But earlier in my walk, I couldn't say that. You have to, you have to trust him. All right. But 
it is a precious gift. Okay, here you are. You, you come into the presence of God. You go before him in your place of prayer, and you put that box on his altar. You say, Lord, it's me again. This time, I mean business, all right? I'm serious. I'm bringing you an offering. Here's my offering. We'll continue with that as he says, okay, how do you hear it more in detail? But that's the, that's the main thing. Okay, like I said, what can we give the guy who has everything? But who is a, a father that because we love you and we trust you, that's faith, that Imuna we were talking about all this time, that faith, that he is good and that he loves you. And so that we can give him that one offering is our free will to say, I will, I will be obedient to you to do what you tell me to do. And um, I thought like him too, God is going to ruin my life. He's, if I, as soon as I say that, he's going to tell me, you go to a war-torn place in Africa and take care of AIDS orphans or something like that. That's what I thought. If I ask him, he's probably going to tell me to do. And I'm not telling you he, he, maybe he won't in the future. But if he does, you're going to be ready because you took step by step of faith that you know right away, like he said, I know it's going to be good. If I go there, it's going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. And so I trust him. But he's not going to give you more than you can bear. He's probably going to start with something small. We'll talk about that uh, some more. We'll, we'll show but yeah, he has a plan. He wants to talk to us. But are we, um, do we have that faith to say, yes, Lord, tell me what your plan is. Tell me what you want me to do, and I will do it. That's one thing he doesn't have. One gift we can give him. Yeah, he's not only Asian. He's, he's Polynesian. Polynesians know you don't go before God without any, you go to anybody's house, you got to bring a whole kupu. You bring a gift. And that's what we can do. But he loves us, and it's so important. Okay, when I say about the gift, you know, are you going to bring a gift, you know, like uh, your own will? When we sing, when we praying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We do our own will. Is that a precious gift to him? No. So, and he loves us. And there's only, a, the only gift that will last is what we do to fulfill his plan for our life. Because he gave everybody gifts. Every single one of us gifts. Every single one of us acts is not finished. All those miracles in the Bible are continuing right now and can continue in our lives. As we, those are just flawed, sinful people who say, okay, Lord, I'll do what you say. I'll start stepping out and do what you say, and then you will see miraculous things happen, you know. How does this little Hanai adopted boy from Hawaii now have an international ministry? Step by step. Probably just that little thing first, and you'll see those things happen. But, but he, he, you know, uh, he's not going to tell you to do something he didn't give you the talents to do. Yeah? He's not going to tell you, I want to be, you know, you to be a professional uh, football player playing in the Super Bowl if he didn't give you that gift. OK, 
Okay? But he gave you gifts, and what do you do with the gifts he gave you? Is the precious gift you give to him. So, um, one more scripture before we, we close. First uh, Corinthians 3, 11. For no one can lay any other foundation than the one we already have in Jesus Christ. Steve talked last week about grace, and that's the grace. We can't do it on our own. It's, it's all him there, but we have a gift to give him. Anyone who builds on that foundation. Okay, a building is worth nothing if it's just the foundation. There's got to be something on it that makes it worth something. Anyone who builds on that foundation of grace may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value, any real value. If the work survives and only the, what you have done to fulfill his plan for your life is what is valuable, everything else is rebellion. He has a plan for your life? No, I'm going to do this. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. And if it's in heaven, it's eternal. And if he says reward, it's going to be so good we cannot even, the Bible says we can't even think or imagine what God has in store for us. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. And like I said, now I know six people who died and went to heaven and came back and they all say, yeah, you, there's no way you can even get close to explaining how wonderful. Wow, those are going to be awesome rewards. Okay? But if, if the work survives... And the only thing is doing what he told us to do. The rest is rebellion. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved by grace, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. And there you are, appearing before your Lord and Savior, naked with nothing. Like he said, bring a precious gift. You have no whole coup. You have nothing. Okay, one more thing before I close. And, uh, you know, I, we just went to our regional conference on Oahu, and they, they put in the official minutes that were approved for, you know, that the role of spouses in regional and network ministries will be as partners in ministry. The Pac Rim region and its networks of the Missionary Church USA include. Um, including recognize the great importance of the marriage of its credentialed ministers in their ministries. The spouse of a credentialed minister may not be credentialed, but is considered a valued partner in ministry. It is recognized that many credentialed pastors and officers commonly conduct their ministries together with their spouses. We're one. If we really have a good marriage, we're one, and we work as a team that God ordained and put together for us as a team. It also recognizes as a high value that ministers and their spouses should travel together whenever possible, not only for ministry, but also for accountability. Therefore, the Packering region of the MCUSA will provide the funds for travel expenses for both the regional and network directors and their spouses in ministry trips because they've realized how valuable that is. The spouses will serve as advisors and counselors and partners in ministry so that's, just want to let you know, that's official minutes of the, and, and that's what I feel too. We want to say, 
that the, the women in the church are so valuable and you have all your gifts. This denomination was started by a woman in Hawaii. Four-square church, you know, and YWAM that I work with all the time, millions and millions of people come to Christ. They'd have half that without the women that they put into positions of leadership in their ministry. They've done so much in the ministry. And yeah, we all do it on right covering and, and so on. But to set you free, use your gifts. We need your gifts. Okay? And that's why a lot of people call Yolanda Mama Kahu. People say, hey, you're putting her down, calling her Mama Kao. <laughs> they don't understand Hawaiian. That means Mama Shepherd. Okay. <laughs> so, um, while the worship team comes up, play the song God puts on your heart. Um, have Yolanda close in prayer for us.